It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Help support your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee shops, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses. And look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa. Everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. You are Locked On Bengals. Your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. That was the first woo of the Cincinnati Bengals 2020 season, the first win of Joe Burrow's young career as the Bengals dropped the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game they really controlled the whole way, 33-25. to James Rapine will join the podcast for segments two and three of the show, and as always on game days, I'll get you started with my initial takeaways coming out of Sunday's Bengals victory. Week four of the 2020 season was a day of first for many things for the Cincinnati Bengals. It was their first win of the 2020 season. It was Zach Taylor's first one-score win in his NFL head coaching career. It was Joe Burrow's first NFL win. The final score of this Bengals-Jaguars game was 33-25, but really the game was never all that close after the first half. Going into halftime, it looked like it might be the same old story for the Bengals, but coming out in the third quarter, they found their stride in the running game. They involved Joe Mixon in the passing game, scored 17 points in that third quarter to get out to a 27-13 lead going into the fourth, had a few field goals go their way in the fourth quarter, and Jacksonville failed a two-point conversion to make it a little bit closer, kicking a field goal in garbage time before failing to recover an onside kick, and the Bengals go home as comfortable victors. Joe Burrow's final line, 25 for 36 for 300 yards, which, by the way, makes him the first rookie in NFL history to throw for 300 yards in three straight games. He ended up with one touchdown pass and one interception, but some of his best plays on the day were either dropped or negated by penalty, or in one case, even intercepted. He had a great touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd in the first quarter, which was waved off due to a Trey Hopkins holding penalty before the offensive line found its footing against really a shaky Jaguars defensive line that was decimated by injury on the day. Overall, Joe Burrow 
in ESPN's record is down for taking one sack. He slid behind the line of scrimmage late in the fourth quarter. The Bengals offensive line as expected against a very porous and not a very good pass rushing unit from the Jacksonville defensive front held its own. So Joe Burrow's line could have looked a lot better, had an interception that went through Drew Sample's hands, bounced off his face mask, and Miles Jack took it out of Drew Sample's hands to come away with the interception. But besides that, Joe Burrow, model of efficiency in this game. 8.3 yards per attempt, which included some more conservative attempts in the second half. They're still not hitting the home run ball on vertical offense, but he did have a couple deep-ish shots, including a fantastic throw to Seathan Carter that went for 24 yards. I think that was targeted 20 yards downfield. Hit on Tate for 15 yards on a back shoulder throw. T. Higgins got loose a couple times, had seven targets on the day. The most noteworthy thing in the wide receiving breakdown, if you're looking at it today, Tyler Boyd, eight targets, seven catches. T. Higgins, seven targets, three catches. Drew Sample, five targets, three catches. Actually had a nice day outside of those two drops. In my book, they're drops in the end zone. Joe Mixon, six catches on six targets. Four guys have one target. Seathan Carter, Auden Tate, Alex Erickson, Mike Thomas, and A.J. Green had five targets and only one catch. That is something that we're going to have to talk about this week, but for now, we'll stay on the positives. Joe Mixon goes 25 carries for 151 yards, has all three of the Bengals' touchdowns on the day, broke a long run 34 yards off the right edge for a touchdown after Jacksonville, really on two consecutive running plays, just didn't have outside contain on the right side. And both Giovanni Bernard, who went for 11 on his carry, and Joe Mixon, who went for 34 and a touchdown on his carry, on very similar plays, found a lot of space outside. So as we talked about all week on the Lockdown Bengals podcast, the thing that we were looking for in this game was a get-right game for the offense. The over-under in the game was 49 points, 49 and a half points, I believe it closed, and I always thought that it would be a high-scoring game. Turned out that way, 58 total points scored, and on paper it looks like a one-score game, but really it's a backdoor kind of one-score game for the Jaguars. But it was a get-right week for the offense, and they got right. This was a week that they had to show that they could execute on offense, and they did. Joe Burrow had time and was clinical when he had time. He made plays outside of the structure. He was pinpoint accurate in the intermediate part of the field especially. He missed a couple throws down the field. That part of the game, we still need to see that come alive. But against a porous defense, we needed to see the offense step up, and they did. On the defensive side of the ball, holding Jacksonville to 25 points, including three points in garbage time, pretty good, considering the Bengals really only struggled in the two-minute defense situation. Outside of that, I'd say they played really well. Jesse Bates had another fantastic game. DJ Reader was solid in the trenches. They, after getting out to a bit of a rough start against the run, end up holding James Robinson to 75 yards on 17 carries, and the game script, hugely important for this Bengals team. If they can get ahead and they can run the ball and keep the defense on their heels and prevent opposing teams from taking advantage of their defensive line currently without Geno Atkins and Mike Daniels, then things can go the way this game did. But the biggest takeaway is, when the offensive line wins, this offense works. Will the offensive line win this way against every other defense in the league? No, but it just goes to show you how much this team needs a functional offensive line. And on a bit of a lighter note, you do have to hope that this does build some momentum for the team, builds that winning culture we've talked about, and is a step in the right direction. No questions asked about that. 
Coming up next, James Rapine will take you the rest of the way with the rest of the news and notes coming out of this Bengals victory. Uh, time to feel good for the Cincinnati Bengals winning a game that I thought they should win. You know that I shy away from predictions, but if you listened last week and you can read between the lines, you heard me say that this was a winnable game and I felt pretty good about it. The Bengals do their job, get in that W column and Hey, you could say they should be 3-1 and one at this point, or even 2-2, two and two, and you could be pretty convincing in doing so. So coming up next, stick around. James Rapine will get you there the rest of the way as you revel in the Bengals' first victory of the season. While you're reliving the Bengals' victory on Monday night, you're going to lose track of time. And you're going to look up. If you're like me, it's going to be 7 p.m. You're not going to have done your grocery shopping. You're too busy celebrating the Bengals winning a game, and you need something to eat. Well, the last thing you have to worry about is food when you've got DoorDash on your side. Let them take care of your next meal. They've got everything from Chinese to pizza to Froyo. There's something for everybody on DoorDash. And they're going to support those local restaurants, those local businesses that you love so much. And they're going to let you do it in a safe way with contactless delivery. You're going to get it right to your door. They've got over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia. So if you're listening from one of those countries, support your local go-tos or choose from your national favorites. Chipotle, the Cheesecake Factory, you name it. Check out DoorDash. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. Just download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. That's $5 off your first order with zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, that's promo code LOCKEDON for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Today's show is also brought to you by Roman, who knows that talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we just avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL and complete an online visit. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. What up, Bengals fans? James Rapine with you. Hopefully you enjoyed Jay kicking off the show with a because it was certainly uh, Woo Day at Paul Brown Stadium as the Bengals find a way on Sunday to get a victory. And one, shout out to everybody that tweeted me that said, hey, it's time for Jake to woo and tweeted at Locked On Bengals and tweeted Jake because I, I love that. And I loved that he started off the, the show with it. And I'm bummed that we couldn't do the show together. But, you know, that's how it is. Game days are busy. And let's dive into this game because to me, and obviously there's a lot to be encouraged by, but to me, this game was won in the second half. This game was won really with a mentality. And that mentality was established at the end of the first half and then 
game over at the start of the second half. The Bengals tried to take control of it in the first half. They tried to, but they kept messing up. They got it got in the way of themselves. They were beating themselves, whether it was, you know, the start of the game, which I'll get into, which, man, I, at that point, I was like, what are they doing leaving all these points on the field? But I, I want to go to their second to last possession of the first half. Bengals have the ball on the one, fade to Drew Sample. I don't mind the call. You know, a, a lot of people mind it when it doesn't work out, but it, it should have worked out. And it doesn't. And I asked Joe Burrow, hey, were you surprised that happened? And he said, yeah, I was surprised. Then he made a face, smiled, clearly had more to say, and says, yeah, I was surprised. And that was it and left it at that. And and look, that's a ball Sample needs to catch. But here's my point. And this isn't me being mean to Sample as my first two minutes on the pod, the first victory we've had in a long, long time since, you know, week 17 last year. The reason I mentioned this is because from that moment on, it was done. The game was done. It was over. The Bengals, from an offensive standpoint, just took the game over. And that's the reality of it. I mean, the very next possession, he went to Drew Sample. A couple big plays, first play of that drive, went to Drew Sample. Uh, Nine plays, 75 yards, just matriculated the ball down the field. Boom, touchdown. Tie the game up 10 to 10. The Jags, they get a kick a field goal. And and I think that that is something that, you know, Lou Anarumo certainly wants to shore up. I, I saw Jay Morrison said this. It was the 24th time in the last 34 games that the Bengals have had allowed a score in the last two minutes of the half. That spans three different defensive coordinators. That's crazy. So it's not just Lou Anarumo, right? But let's start with the second half. The offense comes out. Five plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Seven plays, 56 yards, touchdown. Felt like it was done. It it felt like it was done. And not just offensively, defensively. Because guess what the Jags did on their first drive of the second half? Four plays, five yards. Ten yards uh, of penalty there, punt. And the penalty really aided that because James Robinson had a huge run. And if there wasn't a holding call, that could have turned out completely different. But give the Bengals defense credit. Then, very next possession, after the Bengals had scored another touchdown, guess what they did? Three plays, seven yards. That's it. Punt. That's your ball game. That's it. Because now the Jags are where the Bengals were in Cleveland, where they're down two scores. It feels like they're moving the ball. It feels like they could be okay, but that's it. You're behind the eight ball. So unless you create a turnover, unless you do you know, something out of the ordinary, you're not going to be able to to come back. And the Jaguars couldn't. They couldn't stop the Bengals. They got within eight, just like, you know, they got within one possession. Didn't matter. Bengals drive down. Randy Bullock, by the way, 10 for his last 10 field goal attempts since that week one gaff, calf gate. Good for Randy Bullock to respond to adversity. I love their mentality. You know, at the end of that first half, you really could have crumbled after that Miles Jack interception. And part of that, I think, does come with, you know, Joe Burrow and what he brings and just him, right? He, he was clearly shocked that that happened and probably pissed off that that happened. But he responded the right way and they scored a touchdown on the next drive. And then they scored a touchdown on the next drive. And then they scored a touchdown on the next drive. Think about that. Outside of a kneel down, three straight touchdowns. Outside, uh, yeah, uh, uh, of that kneel down at the end of the half, touchdown, 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 field goal, field goal, field goal to end the game. 
And they would have gotten points on that interception too. So it could have been eight straight possessions. Could have been eight straight. The only punt was on the first drive of the game. Which again, I'm going to get to. But I like that. I like I like how they responded to adversity against a team that is playing for each other, that has a lot of talent. They do. They have talent. This Jaguars team has a lot of talent. And so let me look. And I do want to give credit to the defense here because I look at, at what took place. And you, you could easily say, all right, Gardner Minshew, man, 351 yards, average almost nine yards an attempt. Took three sacks. Good job there to get to him three times. Two touchdowns. But the guy I was most worried about was James Robinson. <laughs> I was worried about that dude. I was worried about him doing his best Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb impression and looking like Maurice Jones-Drew on steroids against this Bengals front. Think about it. Christian Covington started today. They were without Geno Atkins. They were without Mike Daniels. And James Robinson averaged 4.4 a clip. I'll take that right now. Sign me up. Where, where do I get that? We all would have taken that. And, and that's my point here is it was a a full team effort here. It, look, the Bengals were always going to give up points. And I tried to prepare you for that during our preview show. Like that was going to happen, but you needed to be able to get key stops. And they did at the start of the half. That or start of the second half. That's it. That's it. Game over. Joe Burrow's rolling. They're not stopping mixing that offensive line. Look what they're doing. And we'll get into that in a second as well. But what they did to just kind of hold up their end of the bargain. And, you know, and then it was garbage time. The, uh, the Jags kick a field goal. They get the 16. It's 30 to 16. They, they have to score twice in the final seven minutes and, and hold you scoreless. Well, that's not going to happen when your offense is dialed in. These are the type of games. This is sort of how the Chiefs win. You know, this is how the Seahawks win every week. Heck, this is how Tampa Bay wins a lot of times, where you do just enough on defense. You force a turnover, you, you get three sacks, you force field goals, and you do just enough. And that's what the Bengals did, a shorthanded Bengals defense that didn't have their guys, that was you know starting Darius Phillips. Shout out to him. I didn't really notice him too much. I didn't really notice any of these corners too much. It, look, if, if you don't know who DJ Chark is, you better learn. He's a stud, and he can play. And and they lost LaVisca Chenault a couple times, and, and that was a matchup. I was telling Ben Baby of ESPN, that was a matchup I thought Chenault was going to crush. I thought he was going to just own Darius Phillips because nobody wants to tackle that LaVisca Chenault kid. He's like a running back that plays receiver. And that is, uh, you know, that that's a tough assignment. So, I really liked him in the draft, and that's that's part of it. You know, is, is the Jags got him? I, I love their weapons. Uh, but this defense stepped up, and, and you got to give them credit. And I know there's going to be a lot of love going out, uh, you know, to the offense and the offensive line, and I'm going to give them some. And, and, and I'm going to be critical of the, the first half and, and really the early possessions here coming up next because I think there's some stuff that we do need to look at that we do need to be honest about uh, with this offense specifically. Uh, and then I got to also give out some praise and we'll do that next because there are a couple big fellas, a couple big fellas that deserve praise. So we will get to them, but first a word from the best protein bar on the planet. Of course, I'm talking about built bars. You guys hear me talk about these all the time. It's the best protein bar out there. 18 amazing flavors 
And here's the best part. They taste great. They taste amazing. And, and that's the key because there's this stigma that eating healthy has to be this thing that doesn't taste good and it has to be a drag. Well, it isn't with Built Bars. I'm a picky eater. I love Built Bars and they taste great. There's 18 different flavors, whether it's cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake. Those are just some of the new flavors. My personal favorite, it's I'm old school. The mint brownie is amazing. They also got raspberry, coconut almond, anything you can ask for. You like peanut butter? They got peanut butter brownie. They're perfect for you from a macro standpoint. You're talking about five grams or less of sugar in most of these bars. Low sugar, high protein, 19, 20 grams of protein, depending on the bar you're talking about. Minimum of 17 on the ones I regularly eat. So protein packed, low in sugar, taste great, perfect for you. Do not hesitate. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code locked on. You're going to get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to the guys in the trenches. The men in the trenches. First, shout out to Alex Redman for being that dude, because this guy didn't have a training camp. This guy didn't have a bunch of practices with the ones. Heck, he wasn't even on a team two weeks ago. Bengals signed him to the practice squad, and he comes in. And look, I get it. It's a young Jacksonville defensive line. It's a line that might not be among the best in the league and certainly wasn't what it was uh, or isn't what it was a couple years ago. I get all that. But he handled business. Because I heard Dave Lapham say this on, on my that, you know, go-to Bengals podcast that I listen to outside of Locked On Bengals, which is uh, the Bengals Booth podcast with Dan Horton and Dave Lapham. And last week, and I love Dave, you know, I love Dan too, but I love Dave. He was like, man, it's like I-71 right there. These guys are just running right through the right guard. They're just I-71. Alex Redman ain't letting you do no I-71, nothing. This road is closed. He played well. And he was critical of himself after the game, which I like. He said, oh, there's a lot of stuff I left out there. But the unit as a whole played relatively well. And that's what you need to see. Joe Burrow was only sacked once, but didn't lose any yards, by the way. And here's the other thing, and I think this is the the most important thing of, you know, outside of obviously keeping Joe Burrow upright, you open up holes for Mixon. Like, I'm I'm not saying that Mixon didn't play special, especially that, uh, you know, he's a special player on on the the catch uh, at the end of the first half. I mean, that's all him making a play. But the the thing is, is like on that 34-yard touchdown run, I mean, he's untouched pretty much until the end. I mean, there's a lot of running backs that could do that. And that's a credit to the offensive line. And that's the thing. I ripped Jim Turner earlier this week at allbangles.com. And I certainly ripped him here with Jake. And you heard some of that audio. And I will continue to when you are delusional as a coach. And that's what I thought that was. But... His team brought it today. His position group brought it today. They played well. And I don't know what the PFF grades are going to be or, or you know, what the, the analysts are going to say. But when I watched, they did their job. 
And that's all they need. That's all I ask for them. I, I just want them to be competent. I want the Bengals to have an average line. If they're average, this team's going to be really good. This team's going to be really good because Joe Burrow's going to make them good. And that's the thing, man. He's the first rookie, and I think Jake said this, first rookie to throw for 300 yards in three straight games. He's a stud. He's a stud that's playing with a tight end who's still feeling himself out here, right? I mean, Drew Sample could have had the touchdown on the fade, and then he goes back to him again, and the ball goes straight through his hands. Let's be real here. And I'm not saying Sample won't make those plays. I actually like, I bought Drew Sample stock in the offseason. So this isn't me being mean, but let's be real here. Some tight ends can make those plays. I think Sample, he was drafted to make those plays. And I, if, if he can do that in this offense, Burrow's going to make it easy for him. T. Higgins left a few plays out there. Made a couple big plays. Big ones. You know, set him up for scores a couple times. But there were a couple plays where it was close. Where he, you know, dropped it and stuff. Little things like that. This offense is going to be good. A.J. Green still hasn't shown up yet. I don't know. I, I don't know. All I know is, is if you give Burrow time, it doesn't matter. He's going to find Boyd, who took two ridiculous shots today, took two ridiculous hits, and uh, I, I just it, – it pissed me off, honestly. And, and I'll tell you another thing in the first half, just while I'm reflecting on it and, and just kind of going over some of the, the bad stuff and recapping my thoughts here, Burrow took a hit as he was throwing the ball out of bounds. And I tweeted this from the All Bengals account. I was like, can one of these offensive linemen hit the next defender that does that? Just shove him really, really hard. Get the 15-yard penalty. Because last week, you had Malik Jackson do it, and he got penalized. But guess what? He didn't get fined. And then they do it again. And I think it was in the first quarter. And I'm like, man, if you guys do not start defending him, you know. And there were some that said Burrow held on to the ball too long. Fine, whatever. But stop trying to take free shots at the quarterback. Don't be doing that. If it's legal, fine, but. Uh, that was borderline, and I know Zach Taylor did not like it, and and neither did the Bengals sideline. It was right next to them there, but I just I think that this offense, at minimum, at minimum, is going to be really good. Like it's just think about what they haven't hit on. The offensive line, eh. Outside of Tyler Boyd, what receivers dominating? Eh. You know, T. Higgins has flashed some. Mike Thomas has flashed some. A.J. Green. You know, on a milk carton. John Ross inactive, second straight week. Like, it's not like they're stretching the field much. And so uh, there's there's a lot, a lot to be desired there. And so I look at that, you know, Drew Sample still coming into his own a bit. I think C.J. Uzama makes one of those two catches. Maybe not both, but one of them. So they're feeling themselves out here. And that's what I like is because they handled business, but they there's still a lot of meat on that bone. There's still a lot of plays they can make up. There's still a lot of things they can change about this offense moving forward. And obviously the offensive line issues aren't fixed. Uh, you know, Alex Redmond still, it's not like I expect him to be a top guard every week. But can he be serviceable? If those guys can be serviceable, this offense is going to be really damn good. Speaking of offense, let's get to a couple notes. Uh, before we get out of here, I was pretty upset with the Bengals offense in the first two possessions of the game. They get this huge interception Jesse Bates bats the ball up in the air. Jordan Evans climbs the ladder, grabs it, hauls it in. And you get the ball at the Jacks 43-yard line, and you have to punt. You go three and out. That can't happen. And it started I, – I, I turned to Ben Baby. We sit next to each other from a social, social distance standpoint. We're still like four chairs away. I turned to him, and I was like, hey, man, they need to take a shot right here on first down. And I don't care who it's to. 
I don't care if you want to go to Higgins or Green. I guess those are probably your only two deep threats in this offense. You know, Tate's not really a deep threat. You know, you could take shots to him probably within 15 to 20 yards, but you're not going 50 yards to Tate, 40 yards to Tate. Anyways, that's what I was saying. I was saying, take a shot. And it's a three-yard pass to Green in his only catch of the game. Ugh. Hated it. And then second and long run, third down, I believe it was an incomplete, and then boom, punting. Nightmare. That's my nightmare. You got to score in those Got to score in those areas. Got to score in that position. Heck, you better score there next week against Baltimore. Because, you know, it's going to be real tough. And that's the thing is they got away with it this week, but they left a lot of points out there. A lot of points. Very next possession. They have a touchdown. Touchdown, Bengals, Tyler Boyd. And it was a questionable call, but Trey Hopkins, and I was shocked it was Trey Hopkins, got called for holding. Cost them four points. So at minimum right now, you're thinking they left seven points on the board, minimum. The four points from the touchdown and at least a field goal. If you start on your opponent's 43-yard line, you can't get into field goal range. You should at least get a field goal. So at minimum, they left that on the boat. Things that can't happen. And so that, that there's a lot to clean up there. Defense, I'm not going to be as critical of the defense because, well, they were shorthanded. And they're going against a really damn good offense. Like, I think that offense is pretty good. They're going to score 25 points a week. Like, they're going to be in the mix uh, weekly with most of these teams offensively. Defensively, clearly not. And this is a team that the Bengals should have beaten. They did. They handled business. Bengals fans enjoy it celebrate joe burrow has his first nfl win and it was in front of six thousand two hundred and forty three fans i believe i'm checking my twitter to make sure yeah six hundred six thousand two hundred forty three look at that it's awesome history in the making the first of many for joe burrow in this Bengals team i hope you guys enjoyed this you know, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm excited. I can't wait for Jake and I to be back together tomorrow evening. Until then, I'm James Rapine. And in the immortal words of Jake Lisko, who day, woo, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.